Bonjour et ça va. This is Zach Weiss, host of Across the Cavs. Thursday, an exciting episode coming up with Cavs Nation of France. Getting a little international Cavalier collaboration. Got some other exciting individuals on the horizon. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But we're here. We're going to talk some Cleveland Cavs because you know what? It's Tuesday night. There's no Cavs game. What are we doing? We're setting the stage on Network 216. Let's get it. Last night was a fantastic win for the squad as they notched their fifth in a row as they knocked off the Chicago Bulls, continuing to show that without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and Ty Jerome, of course, because it's Ty Jerome, that they can win basketball games. They have the longest active streak in the East, the second longest active in the NBA, tied with who else but the Utah Jacks. Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Baji, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markin, all acquired by a trade from Cleveland over the last four seasons, playing a massive part in the success that that team has had. Sure, it's not the same roster it was a few years ago, but six in a row for them. They are looking real, real good. And Colin Sexton dropping 30 points in 24 minutes last night. It was his fourth straight game, scoring 20, his seventh time in his last 10. Shooting 49% for the season, after shooting 51% his first year in Utah. One of the most accurate scores, jump shooters in the league. He's doing this effectively efficiently while not actually playing all that many minutes just to finish up on Colin Sexton Sexton has logged 30 minutes or more just once in these 10 games in which he scored 20 plus seven times he's just at the top of his game at the moment and it's great to see 27 on the Lakers he had the 30 burger on Indy 22 on the Sixers to go along with 10 assists 22 points in 21 minutes against Denver. 19 points in 18 minutes against Milwaukee. It is the Colin Sexton renaissance. He's still but 25 years of old, celebrating a birthday recently, and he's still just getting started. It's his sixth year in the league. Sure, he's not averaging 24 like he did in Cleveland, but his numbers are up. He's dishing it nicely, and he's playing good basketball next to Chris Dunn. All right. Back to Cleveland. A couple things I want to talk about today. I have not had an official pod since the Mark Price convo last Monday. I hope you all enjoyed that. Fantastic to speak with the great Mark Price once again. I had planned on doing a post-game Paris podcast over with the Nets, only Nets fan you know and Fireside Nets hosts. Good friend Peter. He, he could not squeeze that one in. But nonetheless, you will be definitely hearing from him soon as the Cavs will play the Nets again on February the 8th and then again on March the 10th. In Paris, the Cavs did, in fact, get a win, 111-102. The game started off extremely low scoring. It was 54-34 at the half. Brooklyn went on a furious run. Cam Thomas and Mikhail Bridges finishing with identical lines of 26 points and six rebounds. Max Schroes limited to just seven minutes. Karis Alert stepped up with 21. Jared Allen had a double-double but didn't get as many offensive tucks. It was Donovan Mitchell with 45 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists. 
something only a handful of players have ever done in an NBA game or to put up those three sets of numbers. Got to look amongst the greats. And the main takeaways from Paris are that team chemistry is high. The aura is exceptional for this team. And that all the noise that's been from, been peeping in from the outside and everything that's taken place, the JB rumors, the early season struggles, still a squad. They care about one another's success. And though he had a quiet game, Sam Merrill only, what, two for 12 in, in Paris? Did grab nine rebounds, and he handled 32 minutes of action as the team fought to hold Brooklyn's furious comeback off. But that's really all from Paris. Don is exceptional, which we already knew. And the team is looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. Shout out, LD, and he curb your enthusiasm, fans. Returning to the States the end of the week. After playing just one game in seven days, the Cavs took on the Bulls last night in a game that was very ugly at times. And it did result, though, in the sixth consecutive Cavs win over the Bulls. 109-91. They were up 19 after the first. They ended up falling behind in the early part of the fourth, but outscored the Bulls 29-14 in that final frame. Or some turnover after turnover after turnover. Had no Chicago Bulls with at least 20 points. Held Levine to 17. DeMar DeRozan had six points. Was nowhere to be seen. Donovan scored 34. Avert 16, 7, and 7. Merrill added 15 in just 20 minutes. Another Allen double-double. Dean Wade clutch threes. Man, he loves to see it. The ball was moving. And getting assists as needed. They had 28 of them in a game which they only scored 108 points total. 28 assists on 39 made field goals. They took a franchise record 57 threes, making 20 of them. They were plus 7 on the offensive glass against a team with Vucevic and Drummond. Plus 7 in assists. They won in steals. They were minus 7 in turnovers. Even in points in the paint, they limited their fouls. Chicago shooting 75% at the line certainly didn't help their cause. But it's a win, man. It was ugly at times, but a golden run to close it. Everything was falling. You had the bang-bang Niang train going hard in the beginning with his first three threes. Karis LeVert hitting timely shots. But something now to move on to, our third topic, Max Struess. Five rebounds, four assists, two points. So he's been up and he's been down. So Max Struess, last 10 games. Against the Pelicans, he shot 4 of 16, 13, 3, and 5. Against the Bulls, 9 for 22, but had 26 points. Took 17 threes against Dallas, but 8, 5, and 6. Against the Bucks, 5 of 18. Against the Raptors, 2 of 7. But then he burst out again like he did against Chicago the first time against the Wizards. With 24, 4, and 3, 6 of 8 from deep. Since the Wizards game, 4 of 6, 9, 5, and 3 did not shoot much against the Spurs. 3 of 11 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3. Against the Bulls last night, one of eight, as mentioned, no triples. Look, he's averaging 13, 5, and 4. There have been nights where Max Truce has been a very, very, very good player. And there have been other nights now, more of late, where he's kind of just disappeared. Truce has gone for 20 points on seven occasions. He's been in double figures in 25 of 38 games. 
He's got 12 games of at least five assists. He's got 20 games of at least five rebounds. He's got 23 games with a steal, 18 games with a block. He avoids foul trouble. And obviously, maybe the injury against Brooklyn got in the way. But the fact is, as mentioned, the seven games of 20 points in which the team is 6-1 and one in that stretch. If you look at these recent contests, his three-point numbers have been pretty bad. He's 0 for 8 over the last two. Of course, got hurt against Brooklyn. Didn't seem to have his legs under him last night. And there's some days where he's incredible. And then maybe an underlying issue. And it feels like maybe there's more than they are. He had multiple turnovers for the third straight game that he finished. He does play well as far as net rating goes. Max Drews with a positive or neutral in 25 games, negative rating in but 13, a neg double digit net rating in the negatives. Double digit negative five times. He's not usually benched. His minutes seem to happen. But the question I want to ask is, Mel Max Drews, where art thou? Because some days he's hitting the shot some days he's not now the life of a shooter in the nba means yeah he's going to be streaky it's not going to be great all the time but they might have some questions to answer because with garland and mobley come back darius garland's return seems imminent who moves to the bench does it a coro who's been playing such great defense is it dean wade probably not until mobley's back Who's what, 6'8", 6'9", rated very high defensively. Still firing up his threes when they need him to. At least some days he is. So do you actually move Struth to the bench? Because when you get Garland and Mobley, maybe you just want the defense of Okoro. Although if you do that, you're limiting your shooting once again, which was the problem to begin with when the team started a little slower this season, taking three, four weeks for their first multi-game winning streak. But nonetheless... You definitely have to answer the Struz question. And question, a conversation I don't really want to have because I'm not really a fan of this subject matter, but it's trading Max Struz. Will become trade, who should now, I believe, be trade eligible. I have my jersey of his already. Would hate to see him gone already. I had a Twitter poll going up from the NBA Central that the Cavs be linked to both Royce O'Neal and DeAndre Hunter. So I put up a poll about an hour ago. Who's your preference? DeAndre Hunter, Royce O'Neal, who was Donovan Mitchell's teammate in Utah, or neither? And of the 259 votes, 53% for Hunter, 34% for Royce, 13% say neither. If you're not familiar with Royce O'Neal's game, if you're not a Utah Jazz, if you're not a Utah Jazz watcher, before the Donovan trade happened, he was playing with Royce O'Neal. He's a guy that can certainly fill it up from three. We had five just last night against Miami. Now, his numbers right now are overall down. If you look at his statistics, he's only averaging seven, five, and four. So after averaging nine, five, eight, five, and three, I was after averaging nine, five, and four. He's a 40-plus percent field goal shooter every year in Utah. Those numbers have dropped in Brooklyn. They traded a first-round pick to get him, so they're certainly going to want one in return. Royce is now 30, but he shoots 37% from deep. He facilitates. He defends at a high level. And he's got one of the best pump fakes in the NBA, actually. 
reason his play has struggled of late, though, is because the Nets are three and fourteen in their last seventeen, and a lot of players, unfortunately, have been playing a lot less, and they've been switching things and trying to figure it out. They're also kind of banged up, but three and fourteen in their last seventeen games is a yikes, especially considering that you look before that stretch, they were thirteen and eight, thirteen and nine, a solid bunch. The Cavs faced them on opening night and had a real battle, but. And they got two more meetings against one another. My personal thoughts would be if you can get Royce O'Neal, that's wonderful. I don't know that I'm ready to part with Max Struess, who I still think in transition finds the open man well. He moves the ball. He's a fantastic screen setter. Now, I know a lot of players are, but he's very active within the offense, whether he's getting his touches or not. So I find it hard to part with him during this first year. If you look at DeAndre Hunter, you pull up some of DeAndre Hunter's numbers from his time here with the Hawks. He's been out a while. He's only played 24 games this year. He's averaging 15, four and one assist. He was shooting 40% from deep for the first time in his career. He's averaged about the same every season. DeAndre spent a lot of time in college. So he's already 26. Ranch and Royce is 30. If you need to know about Max Struess, how old is he? Struess is 27. This is his fifth NBA season. And it's the fifth year in a row he's increased his scoring average, his rebounding average, his assist average, and his steal average. He's playing the most minutes of his career. You do want to see him make more shots. That's the same is true for George Bang Bang Minivan G-Wagon Niang, who is pretty up and down as well. Niang on the air is shooting 35% from three, but it's hit multiple in five consecutive contests. His points are up from last year. He's averaging career high in rebounds and in assists. It's 22 minutes a game or the second highest of his career. The one thing about him, 1920, he didn't miss many games. 2021, he didn't miss a single game and he missed six and four the previous two years. He missed, but, he hasn't missed one yet this year. The Cavs are sitting at 23 and 15 amidst their recent winning streak. So he's around, he's available. Cavs, of course, seven and three in their last 10 with Niang playing a big part. My answer would be between O'Neal, Hunter, neither. I, I'm okay with what the Cavs have. Personally, with a Coro and Wade added into that mix, Craig Porter can fill in some guard minutes. Sam Merrill's is the shooter. So I guess we'll see, right, what they, they ultimately choose to do. Certainly, depth never hurt anybody. And maybe you them on another backup big. Maybe you don't think Tristan can cut it because some nights he's Tristan of old. He's now wearing 13 again. And some nights, well, he's the Tristan that – couldn't really find a job last year. Signed on to the Lakers at the end of the regular season. He's the Tristan that got benched in Sacramento, that got laughed at in Chicago. He's not Boston Tristan, who is a big rebounder and even an occasional shot blocker. Rob Williams emerged. Can we give Tristan some credit for that? I don't actually know what happened. I'd love to hear Tristan talk about his time with Rob Williams. So I hope he gets healthy. He's out for the year after playing only three games for Portland. Story of his career has just been injury, injury, injury. But nonetheless, Cavs' upcoming schedule is brutal. B-R-U-T-A-L, brutal. Bucks, home against the Bucks. At Atlanta, 
at Orlando, at Milwaukee, at Milwaukee again, home against the Clippers. In my eyes, Zach Weiss, host of Across the Cavs on Network 216's eyes. In my eyes, the Cavs have to go at least 3-3 three and three on this stretch. It doesn't matter. You have the Bucks three times. The Clip, You have the Clippers. You have the, the Hawks, the Magic. These are, this is a tough part of the schedule. But you've battled Milwaukee tough these last couple of years. You've handed it to Orlando. The Clippers are star-studded, but hey, let them know. Atlanta's Atlanta at this point. You don't know what you're going to get. They almost blew a 35-point lead to the Spurs, but they still have a ton of talent. We'll see if DeJounte Murray is still there by Saturday, according to this on a Tuesday night. I'm hoping the Cavs go 4-2. and two. Try and go 2-1 and one against the Bucs. You may lose to one of Orlando, LA. Just win the others. Win as much as you can. Keep winning. Keep the conversation positive. Because we look at the Eastern Conference and the Cavs right now are the four seed. A whole lot of tiebreak going on. They're only two behind Philadelphia. Cavs are 14-8 and eight at home. They're 9-7 and seven on the road. And through all the early season struggles, they're looking like one of the most impressive teams of late. And it's with that that I digress. The Cleveland Cavaliers should not make a trade at the moment. Should not move Struess. Should not move Wade. Should not move Sam Merrill. Because he's going to be viable. And they should absolutely convert Craig Porter's contract now that Ricky Rubio is officially out of the picture. A lot of exciting news around the Cavs still yet to happen. The trade deadline is in three weeks. We'll have a special that day, so make sure to stay tuned for it. Zach Weiss with you as always. Across the Cavs on Network 216. See you on Thursday. A bientôt, mes amis.